three, two, one. This is the Mix Zone by Infront Lab. We chat with sports and innovation leaders from around the globe, talking about everything from the newest technologies to major trends affecting our industry. For those who are joining us for the first time, we're Infront Lab, the innovation branch of Infront Sports and Media. We use technology to improve experiences and create new opportunities in sports, and help sports and entertainment organizations by bringing them closer to cutting-edge technologies and startups. We cover all sports-related industries, from data to content and everything in between. Here we go. I'm Rob Sevier, the head of marketing at Implant Lab. There has been quite a lot of talk in recent years about baseball. How do you make the sport more engaging, more fast-paced? How do you increase viewership and draw fans back to their TVs or mobile screens for games that sometimes take more than two hours? America's pastime was ready for a facelift, and discussions around how to boost the sport are ongoing. Meanwhile, one team has turned the sport on its head, and we wouldn't be surprised to see them turning their players on their heads at some point as well. The Savannah Bananas have taken not just the baseball world by storm, but the entire American sports scene. It's a baseball team fit for the 21st century, for Generation Z and looking further ahead, Generation Alpha. It's baseball for your mobile, for your social, and it's entertainment at its finest. Joining us is Jared Orton, president of the Savannah Bananas. Jared, welcome to the Mix Zone. Hey, I'm excited to do this. This is going to be really fun. Uh, we're excited to have you on. So before we get into the Savannah Bananas and what it is that you're doing, first of all, tell us a bit about yourself, your journey, and how you ended up with this team. Right. So my journey starts back, as most folks do sometimes in sports, you know, on a field, right? You know, you, you start as a child growing up, playing sports, watching sports, soccer, football, baseball, basketball, you know, the variety of things. And I, I did fall in love with baseball in a sense of I grew up in the southeast of the United States and, you know, it was always the Atlanta Braves on television most every night. And, you know, so you just watched baseball. And as a kid, you didn't realize, like, the the you know sense of that it was going to be this long drawn out game it was just a game to you as a child and i think that's why most of us all fall in love with with sports because we get to play and it's a game and we get to imagine things and we get to kind of be our heroes you know that we see on television and, and mm -hmm. so on and so forth and so i was fortunate to go to college and beyond the baseball team, I, I didn't play very much. I was on the team. <laughs> I can't say that I actually played. And I realized quite quickly, as most of us do, that my career on that side of the fence was not going to last much longer. And so I had... I had um, come in contact with some minor league baseball teams and uh, thought about doing some internships and started to learn what the business side of sports could be and that, you know, still you could be involved in the game, but in a different sense and you could do something that really brings people together and you could use a stadium and a team and an event and a game to bring people together. And, and no matter who they were, whether they were two years old or 92 years old or, you know, anywhere in between, all, all barriers are broken down in sports. And that's a really fun thing for us to be able to do. So fast forward to 2012. I met uh, Jesse and Emily Cole, who are our partners with with us in this uh, endeavor with the bananas. And I met them in 2012 and just was really enamored by their view of entertainment 
coming to a sporting event. And at that time, they were doing ridiculous things. The players were dancing at that time. Uh, they were they were doing uh, salute to toilet paper nights. They were doing, you know, whoopee cushion giveaways and world's largest tickets and just all these silly things. And I thought, wow, this is a different view of sports. And this is something that I want to continue to learn about and invest in and be a part of. And fast forward all the way to 2015, we stayed in touch with each other and then got the opportunity to come to Savannah, Georgia, uh, here in, in the beautiful low country of, um, of, of, of the United States here. And we came to this ballpark where professional baseball existed for 90 years and then was abandoned here in Savannah, Georgia. And that's what brought us here. And day one, 2015, we stepped into historic Grayson Stadium, and now we're in 2022. So you touched already on a couple of things. So just to help it make sense for our listeners, who are the Savannah Bananas? A lot of our listeners live in Europe. They may have not heard of you because, as you mentioned, toilet paper night and whoopee cushions. And these aren't usually yeah. things that you hear <laughs> alongside baseball, sports, this world in general. It's got to be quite confusing when you've never heard of it before. <laughs> That's right. So the best way I can describe it is, you know, there's Major League Baseball. There's the Yankees. There's the Dodgers. There's the Boston Red Sox. And, you know, all all 30 Major League Baseball teams. Then there's their minor league affiliates. There's AAA and AA and single A and rookie league baseball. And then we, in our, in our origin, we were a college summer wooden bat league team. And so, you know, if you can think about all the layers of crap between the Major League Baseball <laughs> team and us, we're somewhere down there on the rung. Um, and so what college summer wooden bat uh, baseball is, is basically all the college players from across the country, their seasons finish in mid-May or late May. Uh, and then they are looking for a place to play during the summertime to hopefully be uh, be seen in front of professional scouts, develop their skills, uh, play against different talent. And so that's what they're looking for during the summertime. And so that's our league. That's our, our, our legitimate league. And so we're very good. We won the championship the first year. We won the championship last year. We just clinched the playoffs last night. Uh, we'll, we're hoping to, to make a playoff run in the future. But we believe that in our level, we know that we're never going to win the World Series. We know we're never going to be the best baseball team on earth, but could we be the most entertaining and most fun baseball team on earth? And that's our mission, that's our vision. And so when you come to a Savannah Bananas game, you are going to see a real competitive baseball game, but you're also going to see teams, we're, we're, we're gonna play in kilts some nights. We're gonna have a dancing coach. Uh, you know, We're gonna have a ballerina, we're gonna have a princess, we're gonna have a, uh, a, a dad bod cheerleading squad. We have a, a senior citizen dance team called the Banana Nanas. Uh, we're going to have all these things so that if you're not a baseball fan, that's okay because you can come here and you can identify with something fun happening and you can actually enjoy yourself as well. And this is something that is also very much tailored to this social world that we live in. You know, I scroll through your TikTok, your Instagram, and it's just, it's fun to watch. So it's also appealing to a whole new generation that may not want to sit down and watch a whole two hour game that doesn't have this entertainment value around it because we are seeing that sports is not only about sports anymore, it's about this entertainment. We really think that 
we we have this mindset of we're a, we're a media company, we're an entertainment company. Yes, we have a sports property, but we've got to generate wonderful content for people that they're going to enjoy, but it's got to be on brand for us. And that's the biggest thing that, that we originally we struggled with, like, who are the Savannah Bananas? What do people want to see from us? What are they enjoying? And we really settled on make baseball fun, make baseball fun, make baseball fun, because we don't feel like you can really argue with fun. Like, if you don't want to have fun, okay, you're not one of our fans, that's okay. (laughs) But like, generally, we feel like most people want to have fun. And that certainly appeals to the younger audience. uh, But it it appeals to to an older audience as well. Um, It might not be a traditional baseball fan who wants a very pure game with no distractions, no frills, and that's okay. There's there's a game for them, but we found that it, it really crosses all those barriers, and you see so many people coming from so many different parts of the country and the world, and as young and old, and all the socio-demographic uh, type of, uh, socio-economic type of things, different demographics, all people coming because they just want to make baseball fun, and that's what we're trying to provide on social and the live events and everything that we do. And you've been able to create this absolutely wild fan base. You've been selling out stadiums. Uh, correct me if I'm mistaken, what I've read. We're previously not selling many seats that were left very empty. All of a sudden are sold out when the Savannah Bananas come to town. That was kind of the origin story when we came to Savannah. Uh, as I mentioned previously, just for a second, you know, baseball as an entity existed in Savannah for 90 years, professional baseball. Since the 1920s, baseball has played, been played on these grounds in this park since 1926. And for 90 straight years, it was all the greats came through here, all the professional baseball players. And as we got into the 2000s, and obviously we weren't a part of this, it really dwindled to like a couple hundred fans a night, maybe three or 400, 500 fans a night. And the team left. They said, we're abandoning Savannah, Georgia. We're abandoning Grayson Stadium. And we got to come in and we were a little naive. It did not all work out immediately. Uh, You know, I always tell people, uh, anytime you see an overnight success, there's probably about 10 years of work that went into uh, becoming this overnight success. Mm -hmm. And so it was a big struggle early on because we were such a low level of competitive baseball that people thought, well, how is this going to work? How is a how is a college summer team going to replace a professional team? There's no way this will work. And we really went in on entertainment, 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 and providing something for our fans that they just couldn't get anywhere else. And so then fast forward to the world tour, we were we were very fortunate. We went to places, uh, you know, two years ago, we went to Mobile, Alabama, where the same exact thing had happened. The team existed for 25 years. They left, went to a new stadium, stadium abandoned. We went there uh, and 4,000 people, both nights, back-to-back nights showed up in Mobile, Alabama. We went to uh, Rickwood Field in Birmingham, Alabama, North Birmingham, Alabama, uh, this past season. Stadium was built in 1910, all the greats have played in Rickwood Field. It hasn't been used for about 30 or 40 years. They play one or two games a year there. You can feel the history. If you could mm-hmm. squeeze the bricks, you could squeeze the history out of the bricks there. Uh, and almost 10,000 people showed up in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, and so we're just on this little pilgrimage, this kind of uh, mission to bring more fun in the name of baseball to so many people that we possibly can. 
And like you said, this wasn't an overnight success. So what was this process like for the bananas to from the beginning? So you have this concept, you have this idea, you have to start building it. You have to get players to buy into this. How yeah. do you keep getting players to buy into this idea of, right, we're going to go play baseball, but we're going to play baseball in kilts and we're going to yeah. dance before we throw a pitch. And you guys brought in a dancer and taught him how to be a first base couch. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. You know, <laughs> What we've tried to figure out throughout the entire process, whether you're a player, a coach, a staff member, um, you've got to understand what we're trying to do. And we're on this mission to make baseball fun. And if 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 you want to buy into that, you are going to fit in really, really well here um, where we take our work serious. You know, we, we, we have a, a intense desire to be great and we want to take things seriously, uh, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. And we give our permission, give ourselves permission, give our team permission, give our people permission to have fun. And we feel like um when you're able to do that inside the culture, the performance of your staff, of your people, of your team, and especially the players, we feel like it gets elevated because there's not so much intense pressure mm -hmm. on you've got to perform to this level. And if you don't, we're going to cut you and you're going to leave and you're going to be gone. Uh, the mission is have fun, be yourself, be creative, show off a little bit, you know, bring some flair, do something that's going to, you know, make an impact on people. And the performance has been really taking care of itself. And our, our, our coaching staff, what they look for in a player and a person is someone who can be very dedicated to impacting our fans and obviously very skilled on the field. And we tell our guys, you know, you're going to sign more autographs, take more pictures, you know, sign more body parts. And, you know, you're going to you're going to do more things for fans than you've ever done before in your life. And just wait because you're going to realize at the end of the summer, you're going to improve as a person. You're going to perform well on the field. You're going to have a holistic experience here. And we hope it's the most fun summer of your life. And so that's the message we we put out to our players. That's the message we put out to our staff when we hire folks, um, that this is the thing that we're aiming after. You talked about being a media company, content creation, keeping up with this creativity there are so many different teams out there, the major league teams, and whether it's baseball or American football, global football, basketball, with these huge budgets and so much software and people to do these works. And then you're the small team from Georgia that, that's keeping up and doing everything, I would say, even a little bit better when it comes to creativity. So how do you continue this level of creativity. I mean, I would love to be a fly on the wall yeah. in your content meetings and your strategies. How is it that you keep up with these ideas that are competing with the biggest names in sports? Yeah, 100%. I mean, um, we've always been scrappy from the beginning. So, you know, we don't come from money. We don't we don't have a big investment fund that is behind this. We didn't get rich somewhere else and then parked our money into a sports entity. Uh, truly, it's been day by day building fans every single day. And that's that's the only way we keep this thing afloat. So we cannot afford to go out and 
do this big budget operation of, you know, content team and technology and the sweetest gear and all the the cloud-based stuff. Like we just can't we can't do that. At some point we will be able to and we'll work ourselves to that. But what what we're talking about is the single thing that money can't buy and that's the creative engine. And so our team and, and specifically Jesse, they are relentless on coming up with new ideas. And I, you know, it's kind of cliche, but I we always talk about with our team, you know, no one gets excited about doing the status quo. Like if you go to your fan base and say, hey guys, we're going to do the exact same thing we did last year. Are you excited? No, no one's going to be excited. (laughs) Everyone wants to know what's new, what's different. What are you guys going to do next year? What's going to be the new thing? Oh, did you see what they're doing this time? They brought in this new character. They brought in this new player. And so all we have, like it's a challenge to us from our fan base that we've got to come up with something new. And so our team gets in a wonderful creative rhythm of, hey, what are our dream ideas? Like, what are the things that we don't know if they can exist, should they exist, how they can exist, but like, what if we could? And they start with these dreams and then start figuring out, okay, what's what's a, what's good here? What makes sense? What could we plug in immediately? And then it comes into what can we actually execute? Can we execute this tomorrow? Is this a week thing? Is this a 10-week thing? Is this a 10-month thing? Like, how is this going to work? And so that level of like creativity and thinking starts mainly with the live performance. So mm-hmm. what can we do inside of a baseball game? Can we light a bat on fire? Um, you know, can we have a guy dressed up like a golf caddy and walk to the plate? Um, <laughs> you know, can we hire um, a princess? Can we hire a magician? Can we hire a WWE wrestling style announcer? Uh, you know, like what are the what are the crazy ideas that we could possibly do? And then that shifts to our content team and they say, oh, we love this. Here's how we're going to capture it. Here's how we're going to edit it. Here's how we're going to put it on social media. And then that goes to our marketing and and like distribution team. And they say, ooh, this will be perfect for TikTok or this will be perfect for Instagram Reels or this makes sense on YouTube or this makes sense on Instagram. And so that's kind of that filter that goes through. And it all starts with what's the newest idea to make baseball fun how do we put that in a game? And then how is that distributed out to our fans online? What are some of the craziest ideas that you've had? Ones that you did and ones that maybe you said, all right, maybe not yet. <laughs> if you've had so, some like those. Yeah. So um, we had one, uh, like one of the ones that we had no idea. This was this was a couple of years ago uh, during our broadcast. We said, could we broadcast with a drone? you know, during a baseball game, which is somewhat unsafe perhaps, but uh, we thought no one has ever watched a baseball game from a drone. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we thought, well, we don't know if we can do that. We have no idea, like none of us know how to fly drones. We don't even know if that can hook up to our broadcast system, but like, wouldn't that be amazing? And so it was was somewhat uh, naive from us. We went ahead and told people we were gonna do it. We had no idea we were gonna do it. (laughs) Uh, And we just said, hey, in two weeks, we're going to be broadcasting from a drone. And people are like, oh, my gosh, can't wait for this. Can't wait for this. It's going to be amazing. And we were like scrambling, trying to figure out, like, how do we actually do this thing? And sure enough, in two weeks, we missed it by, I think, one game. And then the next game, we got the drone up in the air and started broadcasting from the drone. 
and the flood of comments like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. this is the most amazing view. Like, this is so awesome. We love it. Like, this is so crazy. I can't believe they're doing this. And it was like, wow, what a simple idea. But like, traditionally, you would never think put a drone up in the air during a real baseball game and broadcast. You know, traditionally, mm -hmm. it's like, put the camera here, put the camera here, watch the game, stay out of the way. And that was an element of like, all right, we now push this thing forward. We now push this thing forward. Uh, the most recent idea that uh, we've come up with is a six-week dance uh, contest, similar <laughs> to Dancing with the Stars, where we have um, we have casted six of our players to be paired up with six ballet company ballet dancers and they are in a uh, in stadium and online competition called dancing with the bananas where they will uh, be voted on through social media they will compete every week on the field and in the game they will train with the ballet dancers uh once a week and they will do performances and you know that was something where it was like Literally, this makes zero sense for <laughs> a baseball team. No connection team. to baseball whatsoever. No connection to baseball. Um, and the beauty of it is we don't know if it's going to work. Maybe it flops. Maybe maybe no one watches it. Maybe no one cares. Maybe people think it's the dumbest thing on earth. But what we've told our team is, you know what? We tried. And if it doesn't work and people don't watch it, we'll learn from it. And we'll try something else next time. We're not failures. We're not gonna, it's not gonna end our company. People aren't gonna be, you know, running at us with pitchforks and telling us how stupid we are. Um, you know what, it just won't work. And we'll try it again and we'll try something else and we'll try something new. And so, you know, those are kind of two examples of like, one really worked, it crushed it. We're gonna, we thought we could never do something like that and we did it. And we've got one that's in the works right now that's like a really big idea, really big production, gonna take a lot of time and resources and, We'll figure it out if it works or if it doesn't work. And if it doesn't, that's okay. And if it does, wow, how amazing. Let's do it again. You know, some people would say it's very gutsy and brave what you're doing, not only in the sense of taking the game of baseball and changing it, but also these ideas that you're doing of taking these steps, knowing that you may fail and that failure is something that you learn from. How would you characterize what you're doing in that sense? I think when, you know, we've always been asked, like, what's, what's, what's been our biggest failure and and I don't know if we've actually taken a big enough risk to have a big failure uh you know I always I've always told people like failure means we're out of business we've done something that completely has ruined our entire business and we're gone you know we have to look for jobs or something um and so what what we've always shared with people especially on our team is that we've got to try we've mm -hmm. got to try something because we just won't know if we don't try. And so we're always in, a, in, a, in an element of experimentation and testing and trying things uh, and studying them. We, we always have to make sure our team, like if we're gonna try something, then did you study it afterwards and did it achieve the intended result? And um, because we can't just try things and then not look at them because that's not scientific and that makes no sense. Then we're just literally throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it works. And our, our biggest risk and biggest trial thus far is going to be uh, banana ball, which is kind of our new version of baseball, like truly alternate baseball. Fan, people that might be listening to this might understand it more as like what cricket did with kind of the shortened version mm -hmm. of, of cricket. I think it's... Um, uh what's that league the the 20 
I forget what the league is. T T twenty, yes. Um, and so we're trying to take an alternate version of baseball, shorten it down to two hours, take all the like long, boring, slow stuff out of it, put all the action to it. We're gonna get our fans involved. Like if fans catch balls when they're when they're sitting in their seats, it's gonna count for an out. Like all these crazy things. Um, and we're going to take that on tour where there's no league, no one travel, there's no traveling baseball team out there. And we hope to take it all over the country, if not all over the world. And literally no one is doing that. There are no traveling baseball teams. There are no teams that are you know, not inside of a league that aren't structured as a part of an entity. Um, and that's going to be absolutely our biggest test yet. And we've proved it once. Two years ago, we proved it seven times last year. Now can we prove it like 70 times in the future? (laughs) When will this league be coming to fruition? When are you looking to do it? How And you're talking about not just the United States, but also globally. Have you already seen an extension? I know this is, you know, adding to a question on a different layer. Have you already seen these fans abroad? Has it caught on in other countries as it has in the United States? I'm not going to say that it's caught on uh, globally. There are certainly little pockets of bananas fans that uh, that we meet every single night. So we, when during our games, we'll do a little roll call, and generally we know where people have come from based off where they bought their tickets, obviously. Uh, and so two nights ago, we had fans from 37 different states in the United States. Uh, we had a couple from South Africa. We had a couple from Ireland. We had a couple from um, uh, Canada, obviously. We've had folks from Australia come and New Zealand. And so not That's like quite huge, some distance. It is a big distance <laughs> and certainly not swaths of people. You know, mm-hmm. we're not talking about thousands of fans coming from the United Kingdom. Um, but certainly there are pockets of people that make their way over. And um at some point, we're going to figure out how do we go to Australia or how do we go to New Zealand or uh, at least go to Canada next year, right? <laughs> like at least at least take one step over the boundary. Um, but, you know, we, we really feel like this is something that more and more people need to see. And again, you may be a baseball fan and that's good, but you may all. You may not be a baseball fan, and we mm-hmm. feel like we appeal to those people as well. And that's what kind of makes this a potential global thing. So this is obviously the tour, but you are playing the regular games, like you mentioned. And during the tour, you don't, it's, you don't have an opponent. Here you have opponents. How did they react when you come into town? Because that's got to be at least the first time that you face the bananas and experience. Like you're saying, your players, they're having fun. They're relaxed. It elevates their game. Does it kind of throw other teams off a little bit? It takes them a little bit of time to get in the rhythm when playing you guys? There is certainly an element of home field advantage. <laughs> I will say that. Um, we we have we have seen uh, you know one of the one of the the um, the little difference that we try to make sure our, our folks know is that our mission is to not make fun of anybody. So, you know, we are, our goal is not not to direct anything towards an opponent. You know, we're not trying to bash them. We're not trying to make fun of them. We're not trying to uh, bring any sort of shame or punishment upon them, uh, but we're trying to do it for ourselves and for our fans. And uh, there are some elements where, uh, you know, our fans will be cheering against them or doing some of our antics against them. And uh, we'll see them tip their cap if they, if they, 
you know, beat us or, or something along those lines. But I've also seen people when these when these teams come in, they they're pulling out their phone and they're videotaping the <laughs> environment. Uh, we've met we've met players who say, hey, I'd love to come play for the bananas in the future. Um, but it, it is certainly a home field advantage when you walk into Grayson Stadium and you've got four thousand plus people chanting cheering screaming the music is blaring there's you know sound bites everywhere there's dance teams the coaches dancing the you know the other coaches wearing you know cowboy boots it's just unfiltered you just never know what to expect never know what to expect you know we talk a lot in the sports world obviously about web three the metaverse everywhere the you know the sports world is going are those things that you're also already looking into in terms of incorporating into the what the bananas are doing i would say with that you will we're, we're somewhat following it from afar um i am curious about what it would look like to experience a bananas game you know, you're sitting in in your seat, nowhere near Savannah, Georgia. You know, not today. even close. <laughs> and so, what would it look like for you to be able to experience a bananas game, whether it's you know virtually or in an augmented way or completely in a in a metaverse way? Uh, you know, what would that look like? And you know, I don't think we've we've been able to like have the bandwidth to take it that far. Um, but uh, but I do see a world that. People get to interact with the bananas in a variety of ways at their own choosing. And I think, you know, the technology is pushing that way easily and easily and easily. And um, we've got an experience that is pretty immersive. And I would be curious to, to know what people would want to see if they put their headset on and entered into our world and what that would what that could be like and what that would be like um we're not there yet but we're definitely mm-hmm. following it from afar and i'm curious to see how sports and entertainment properties like work their way into it and in, in terms of following the bananas you mentioned that you have your broadcast where is it that people who are watching from abroad or watching from other states following the team where is it that you're broadcasting your games aside from social media where you can watch snippets where can you watch the bananas yeah, so we just pivoted to move over to YouTube to do a completely free broadcast. For the summer, we do uh, a Facebook subscription, so people buy a subscription through Facebook. Uh, but for Banana Ball, we're moving fully to YouTube, completely free. Uh, and then we're also in some conversations with a variety of distribution partners to do things. Uh, in April, we were on ESPN and ESPN Plus, and that was an amazing thing to be on, uh, where people could get it through streaming. Uh, we have a documentary coming out in August, on August 19th, all about the Banana Ball World Tour, and that's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, so there's a variety of ways that people are starting to be able to consume this and just find their way onto it. Um, our YouTube channel is starting to become a fun place where people can really get that vibe. Mm-hmm. And so in August, uh, this upcoming August, uh, the 19th through September 3rd, People will be able to see Banana Ball on YouTube uh, and also probably another distribution channel as well. And finally, we talked about this being, you know, a little bit gutsy, a little bit brave. What is it that you think that other teams, whether they be from the baseball world or any other branch of sport, can learn and should adopt from the way that you are doing what you're doing, the way that you're approaching sports as also a media company, as entertainment? Where do we need to take additional steps to make sure that we keep everything entertaining and everything for the fan? I think where we have learned the most 
is not from traditional sports entertainment thinking. Like the books that I have on my desk right now, none of them are about sports. Uh, they're about breweries and Southwest Airlines and um, internet marketing and uh, Disney and um, Virgin Airlines and everything else, everything under the sun or, or music festivals, the Glastonbury Music Festival or like, we try to take all the inputs from everywhere else, everywhere else, and then put them in our lens of Savannah Bananas and make baseball fun. And, you know, what could that be? And so, you know, we, we take inspiration from the theater business and the obviously the performing arts business. And we take inspiration from customer service and Amazon and people who are really so obsessed about their customers and creating an amazing experience for them. Uh, we take inspiration from like cruise lines and like how do you take 3000 people and put them on a cruise and entertain them and give them great food and drink. And like that's an amazing experience for people. And so my 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 suggestion, my advice to people who are in the sports industry is get out of the sports industry mentally and from a discovery standpoint, from a growth and learning standpoint and start taking ideas from everywhere else and then start placing them into your industry. And a lot of creativity can happen when you change that input of, of what you're bringing into to your growth. And so for everyone who hasn't yet stopped listening to us and moved over to their social channels, go take a look at the Savannah Bananas on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. You guys are everywhere, I'm assuming. <laughs> it is. It is. And you'll see things that you have never seen before on a sports social media channel. And, and that's the way it should be done. That's uh, that's sports for the 21st century and for the next generations, as we'd mentioned, Jared Orton. Orton president of the Savannah Bananas. Absolute pleasure having you with us today, learning about what you're doing. It's it's incredible in my view. Yeah, thanks a bunch. This was great. Three, two, one. Here we go. That wraps up this episode of The Mix Zone by Infront Lab. I'm Marav Severe. You can find me and the lab on LinkedIn. Don't hesitate to reach out and chat with our team about sports tech solutions or last night's game. Enjoyed the episode? Let us know your thoughts on the podcast and don't forget to rate us. We'll see you next time.